Hello and welcome to Software Tech Talks. I'm Zoe Cunningham. We are extremely delighted and grateful to have Aya Stead on today, who is going to be talking with me about the relationship between software development and mental health, which isn't often discussed. In Stack Overflow's 2022 developer survey, 10.3% of respondents identified as having an anxiety disorder, 9.7% as having a mood or emotional disorder, such as depression or bipolar disorder, and 4.27% said they have autism or an autism spectrum disorder. So that's the context for today. Aya, can I ask you to just share a bit about your background? So I guess your professional role, and then also your personal lived experience. Yeah, so I'm a software developer here at Softwire. I've been here about seven months now. I've been working in tech in general for about five years, as well as, of course, going to university to get my degree. And yeah, mental health has always been a big part of my life, because even before I was in tech, I was in theater acting. And of course, anxiety, etc. also comes into play when you're performing on the stage regularly. So you mentioned the three kind of categories that Stack Overflow polled, and I would technically fall under all three of those being I have diagnoses for generalized anxiety disorder, depression and autism spectrum disorder. So those three things are a big part of my life for better or for worse. It's kind of, you know, you don't have a choice in that regard. And as a result, I've very much learned how the roles that I do in my various jobs over the last sort of decade are affected by that side of me. How much difference did it make? Because I think there's so many different intersecting issues because Obviously, no one is a label, and that's not the point of diagnosing people. But at the same time, I think when you're undiagnosed, that can be even harder because then you don't know what's happening and you don't know how to get help or how to deal with it. So did that make a difference to you to be able to say, okay, this is what it is? So for those three things in particular, I got diagnosed relatively early and it's been a consistent thing since I was about a teenager. But I very recently got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which is a personality disorder. And so I can speak from that experience there, wherein, yes, when you get the diagnosis and you kind of know what's quote unquote wrong with you, I don't want to say wrong, but once you learn, oh, this is why I am the way I am and there is kind of a name for it. You can not only search up material for how to deal with it and etc., but you can find community in it as well, which is always really useful. I've made several friends who also got BPD diagnoses and being able to support each other through it as well is always very useful. So yeah, it's definitely a very beneficial thing once you can kind of label it, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And even though I agree, it's not helpful to talk about it as something being wrong with someone. But I think that's your first thought, isn't it? When it's you is like, what is wrong with me? And why am I not like all the people I am interacting with? I mean, partly because everyone who has any condition is masking to some extent, right? Because yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because everyone's interacting in the society we're in. So actually, sometimes you don't know things about people, or maybe they don't even know them themselves, right? But at the same time, the more rare a condition is, the less likely you are to just meet someone in your job or in your school or in your community. And once you know it, you can go out and meet people. 
Yeah, exactly. It's really helpful to be able to do that and just a lot of people got diagnosed a much longer time ago and they've learned ways to be able to deal with it, which will also become kind of a theme of this podcast, I suppose, is uh, coping mechanisms, etc. And yeah, it is always very good to be able to learn those from people as well. Mm. Okay, so I mean, there's enough work to do, I think, in terms of just adapting your own life right and coming to terms with things and making it work and then you mix that with having to earn a living and support yourself and have a professional career right so how does that mix I guess both in terms of the challenges but I think it's also good to look at where there are strengths that come from that as well and positive side effects yeah so when it comes to how it kind of mixes in with a professional life and entering I guess the workforce when you know these things about yourself is to understand that they are you know it is a part of you and that won't change anytime soon for the most part and understanding of course as a result your own limits your own comfort zone and your own boundaries and being very aware of that because when you do start looking at jobs and when you start interviewing for jobs these are the kind of questions you should be asking in interviews for instance what do you have in place for mental health, well-being of employees, etc. And understanding that, yeah, you need to kind of cultivate an environment for yourself. You know, some of the onus is on you in that regard to like cultivate yeah, an environment for yourself where you'll be comfortable. And that's not always easy, but that's one of the things that's definitely good to keep in mind. Well, I think that this, again, is more than one question, right? It's actually a lot of questions because I think... One of the big challenges that people have told me about is when going for interview, if you have a condition that can in any way be masked or you can choose how much of it to share in an interview process, and that can obviously go with chronic illnesses as well or other disabilities that you need support for, what's your experience been in terms of when it's helpful to share and when it's not helpful to share? So I think it's personally, in my experience, it's always been helpful to share. If it is quote unquote unhelpful to share and you fear it might impact your ability to get a job or create a negative interview environment, I kind of wouldn't want to wind up working there anyway. So that turns out being kind of useful information in and of itself. But it is very useful to share just because, especially if you're with an interviewer that you feel comfortable with, you kind of developed a rapport with already. Yeah, I just feel like it's always a good thing to share it if you're comfortable and happy doing so. And if that's an important thing to you. I don't think there's any downsides to doing so because as I mentioned, if it becomes a situation wherein it's negatively impacting the interview environment or you feel like it hinders your chances of getting the job, perhaps you don't want to be there anyway because for you long-term, that's not a very beneficial place to be. And you're adding all that load onto yourself, aren't you, by having to spend your energy presenting in a certain way rather than engaging with the questions and showing your love and enthusiasm for the subject at hand, right? So I definitely agree. And I also think it links in with what you just said before about working out what works for you. Because I think another one of the challenges is, yes, you can be diagnosed with a specific disorder, which puts you in a group of people, but no two people are identical and no two people need support in exactly the same way. And I think that definitely from my point of view, having been on the employer side, when someone comes to you and says, I have this condition, I can do these things if you can put this in place, that's such a positive 
and constructive conversation to have. And I have to say, I think why would anyone not want to engage with that and not want to help someone to do their best work? On the other hand, though, I do appreciate that it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to be able to say that to someone, particularly at an interview stage when you don't know them. So, yes, are there any things that you do to help give yourself that courage and encouragement to trust other people, I guess. Not really. If I develop kind of like a rapport with like an interviewer, then it becomes very easy. If I'm feeling like that tension or sometimes you just don't click with a person, it can be more difficult. But I try to remind myself that I'm obviously applying for this job for a reason. I've reached the interview stage, which means they want me to a certain extent. And as a result, um, making my needs known, but like I say, in a very constructive way, could be if anything beneficial for the company as well, like you say, putting things in place is always very useful. So to remind yourself that it's not only just for you, but it also positively impacts other people moving forwards as well. It's never a bad thing for that. (laughs) Mm. And yeah, and of course, every time someone is truly themselves, it helps other people be themselves as well, right? Even though they're a totally different person and being themselves in a totally different way, but it still helps everyone. So we've kind of come a little bit then onto the second half of the question of the kind of challenges and the positive effects. Are there things now, because I'm sure there must have been like dark times that you've had of like, why me? Why do I have all the challenges? Are there also times where you've been like, do you know what? This is actually pretty awesome. So with things like depression and generalized anxiety, I can't really say that I've ever thought that. But so I am a person who is on the autism spectrum. I would have been diagnosed with Asperger's at the point when they were diagnosing it as such, but now it's just diagnosed with autism. And I can say that like the ways in which that has affected me and my thought processes and like it gives you a very unique outlook sometimes in the way your mind works. And I honestly kind of love that the way I can interact with puzzles and problems. I get a different viewpoint from someone who might be neurotypical and I've grown to appreciate the way my mind can work in those situations and yeah it's just really quite cool to know that I I can bring a different perspective and a different way of thinking to you know a problem and provide help provide solutions in that regard but as well as that it's also nice that because I have experience in like talking to people I can talk on behalf of other people who might have a bit more difficulty talking in that regard and so I can do things like this podcast for instance where I can help raise awareness for it and it's really nice to be able to do that and talk you know for people just like myself. Yes and it's back to community as well isn't it and actually it's one of the strongest bonds we form as human beings right is being part of a community with other people who are similar and then you do all really want to help each other out and yeah, help everyone do the best that they can. That's really awesome. Talking more broadly about software developers, and obviously you've had experience, you know, not just at software, but in other organizations as well. Do you think you've seen the numbers that were reflected in the Stack Overflow survey? Do you think that's reflective of the interactions that you've had and the people you've worked with? Admittedly, I thought they were surprisingly low. (laughs) I don't know if it's just like because I kind of cultivate the environment and I surround myself with people I see more eye to eye with. And as a result, the numbers may feel inflated to me personally. But I actually thought they were relatively low, especially only about 5% being on the autism spectrum disorder is not at all in indicative of my personal experience but that also then goes to show the kinds of people who might be answering stack overflow polls are different to those who are 
actually in the workforce, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I honestly was surprised by how low some of those numbers were. Yeah, I don't know if there's been any research in terms of like how widely diagnosed people with ASD are, because I've definitely heard that particularly amongst women, it can often go undiagnosed. And so obviously, the only numbers you can look at are the numbers of people who've been diagnosed. Um, And obviously, again, something that has really been brought to the forefront recently is the concept of a spectrum, right? It's not a condition where everyone has exactly the same experience. So yes, okay, cool. So the other thing I want to ask was, do you think they go together? Because I feel that if you have a condition like ASD, that must impact your likelihood of having an anxiety disorder. Is that right? Or is it just uncorrelated? In my experience, I surround myself with a lot of people who are on on the spectrum, etc. I can say that there is a not negligibly high number of people uh, with a connection between the two. So I haven't really read a study on it. I'm by no means an expert, but I wouldn't be surprised to find out that there was, yes, a correlation between the two for sure. And that, for me, in a positive way, means that if you can be supportive in one area, you're going to help people in other areas as well. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's get to (laughs) what can companies do? Because I think that's that's why a lot of people will be listening to the podcast is that I think particularly in tech, there are a lot of leaders out there who really want to support their teams and they really want to have a set of employees in their team with diverse experiences and diverse perspectives. And so they want to support people. What are the best things that organizations can do? I think the absolute most important thing is to ensure that you have an open environment with a comfortable platform to be able to talk about these things. So for instance, my tech leads are very open to me discussing my needs with me. And, um, you know, I'm a person who thrives on routine. And as a result, they stick to that for me because they've given me this environment where I feel comfortable and happy talking about it, which isn't always the case. It's one thing to say, oh yeah, of course, I'm happy to talk about it. But it's another to like make sure that the individual knows that if you need to talk about this, it's very comfortable. And I think that's a very important important thing to do is cultivate an environment where being open about your needs doesn't make an individual uncomfortable and that's one thing I can say software is very good at (laughs) Um, thank you as well as that it kind of all goes hand in hand with that but yeah just like relatively maintaining an open mind to to a degree of course understanding that um, everyone is different and we're programmers we're developers we live in a world of binary and ones and zeros you know know, it's true or false and as we've mentioned it's very much a spectrum when it comes to mental health and other neurodiversities and understanding that it is a spectrum and someone it's not that they either are or they aren't and you know you need to kind of be adaptive in that regard I guess and keeping that in mind is very important I think as well. Hmm. And where do you think the balance lies between because we kind of started talking about as an individual what you can do I can see the benefit of that and I can see that when you have you you know each of us has the knowledge of ourselves more than anyone else in the world right so that's just how the setup is And I'm also keen that it's not just on individuals, because I think that there's a huge amount of weight and stress in terms of saying, well, here's our office, here's our work environment, you sort yourself out so you can come and fit into it, you know, or tell us what needs to be done. Where do you think that balance lies between individuals leading and organisations leading? 
speaking from my very minor experience, especially within software, is like policy is very important and having like resources available, which of course on on a, on a more company wide level is very useful. Company wide resourcing and and policy like that is very important, I think, and understanding that everyone's kind of singing from the same hymn sheet, I guess. <laughs> and I suppose that if an organisation has invested time and effort in materials and making that available and making it known to people. It's got to give you a certain amount of reassurance that they are interested and they do care and they will listen if you come to them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when a company has an internal page dedicated to like how they look after the mental health of their employees, that's a very good sign. So, yeah. So do that if you're listening and you run a tech team. On on the other side, if anyone is listening and they're finding they're struggling with things and they want to learn more about different types of neurodiversity so that they can look at ways that maybe they can help themselves. Have you got any recommendations for resources or places to start? Yeah, or who they should go and talk to? The absolute first thing I think anyone should do if they're really struggling like that is talk to their GP. No one can help you more than a therapist. And I understand that's not always a resource available to everyone, but if it is, absolutely use it. There are lots of online community spaces for this stuff as well. I would honestly say to like look it up for your particular uh, condition or neurodiversity and there'll be a ton of resources out there for you on Google that you can look at and communities you can get involved with to help you cope with it. There'll be also plenty of reading material you could get from a GP or a doctor. I I got a bunch of pamphlets on BPD when I got diagnosed, so those kind of things are available to you there as well. There's just so much out there for so many different types of neurodiversities that it's really hard to say it all in one generalized answer Uh, yes it's another label isn't it where people (laughs) use it as a shortcut but actually it can be very unhelpful because someone with ASD is going to be very different from someone with ADHD for example because it's a totally different way of your of your I'm not and obviously some people will will have both and and they will have you know a different experience again so um so yes I think that talking to a specialist i.e. a GP, who obviously is a generalist, that's what the G stands for, but some someone with medical experience who can say, look in these kind of areas yeah. and then finding groups online. Have you found that the fact we are so interconnected now in terms of the internet, has that been a very useful resource for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I downloaded a new app recently and I've forgotten what it's called, but that is an app dedicated to finding neurodiverse individuals with the same neurodiversity as yourself. So yeah, I absolutely think that with us being so interconnected, with it being such an online world, it's been very beneficial, especially for people who are struggling and or simply not willing to get a diagnosis for their own personal reasons, but have self-diagnosed, which I think is completely valid. They Even they can find advice, which you might struggle to do in a not so online world. So it's I think it's been great. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on to chat about this because I think it takes a large amount of personal courage. You know, I really respect you being able to share because I think it really helps other people in similar positions to also know that they're not alone and that there is help out there and communities out there and that it's possible that everything is still possible if you get the right help and support, I think, particularly in the world of tech, yeah. And understanding your own boundaries is a huge part of that as well. And never do anything that makes you uncomfortable and understand that, you know, you need to work within the confines of yourself. And once you learn what those are, it becomes a lot easier for sure. 
Oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Please do check out all of our other software tech talks on SoundCloud, Spotify, and all other podcast apps.